Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell and we are so thankful that you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey friends, I am so excited about today's episode. I have my friend Ashley Gudermuth in the studio and we are going to be talking and I am sure laughing. Hopefully you guys will be laughing along the way. And I'm excited for what we're going to be talking about today and finding the humor in this military spouse life, which if you guys follow her on socials, you will know is something that she has a gift for in some of the things that are really uncomfortable about this lifestyle. She can still bring the humor. But before we get started, I want to say a quick thank you to Navy Mutual. They are the sponsor for today's episode. We could not do what we do here at the Mill Housing Nation and the Mill Housing Network if we did not have their sponsorship. So thank you to Navy Mutual. We will hear a little bit more from them later in this episode. Okay. Ashley, you are our guest today, military spouse, comedian. By the time this episode airs, it will be known that you are a nominee for the Armed Forces Insurance Military Spouse of the Year. You are an advocate, which I personally love. Like you are a wearer of many hats, all the hats. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I got a lot of hats for somebody with uh, such a little head. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's true. Well, you know, they fit on easier because, you know, you keep the hair short. Less hair. That's a good point. Good point. And, you know, if you ever go somewhere cold again, if you guys, I know you guys are in New Jersey, but if you go somewhere like Alaska, you're going to need like for sure hats because it's it's very cold. So I think that's a good point. One time I ran because I run every day and I ran and it was eight degrees outside and my eyelashes had icicles on them. I didn't know that was possible. They are. Yes. I'll have to send you a picture. I think I've posted on my socials before, but here you get it so much that it's like white mascara and it looks very cool. But then you come in and it all melts. <laughs> and so oh you on makeup, like it just, it looks good when you take the picture outside. But once you get in, it really is just quite <laughs> the ice monster. Yeah. Yeah. It looks terrible. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about just your history, how you got into finding humor in everything. I know sometimes there's different paths that take us into like, you know, being snarky or for me, you know, talking in sarcasm pretty much at all times. But how did you get into humor and finding humor in military life? Oh, in military life. You know, I, I've always tried to find the humor in everything. I always wanted to be a comedian, even when I was really little, had no real idea of how to figure out what, like how that path was. But I wanted to be an actor, a comedian, anything that was funny. That's really where I find the most value in life. If something is funny, I don't like to watch dramatic TV. I don't like it when I'm manipulated by sad music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, get out of my head. The, um, uh, the Sarah McLaughlin uh, ASPCA yes. commercial. That's right. <laughs> just the dogs. I just I like, no. The channel. I'm like, nope, nope, I can't do it. <laughs> If you put like circus music behind that or like Blink-182 or something like like early 2000s, it's a totally all different commercial. Small things. Small like, things. <laughs> the dogs just seem happy. I so, yeah, I, I've always I'm always looking for humor. I've always been very observant. My my dad used to hide things in the house just like for me to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually it was like weird things, things like that. My childhood was not as I tell people about it and they look horrified. Uh, it becomes clear why I'm a comedian now because there was so much that was like, what was that? 
is that was that real? Is are you telling the truth? Like, yeah, it's basically yeah. the truth. But I've always been really observant, and, and being observant helps you to write comedy because you get to pick on the teeny tiny little details that people don't always notice. For example, I made a video online where I talked about how you're not actually dating a military man unless you look at his ankles and there's no hair on his ankles. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so and true. That is a very specific detail that it was so funny to watch people go, oh my God, I thought it was only me. I thought it was just me that had the hair worn off their ankles. <laughs> you're like there's so many things that are, that seem like we just don't talk about it, but they're universal. They're just like little weird things like that. So I, I love those kinds of things. I love it. Now tell me, Obviously, like finding these little details and being observant, things in this life can be really stressful or odd, like ankles that don't have hair, but getting ready to move. I'm moving this summer and we have only ever crossed the continent. That's a fun part of our journey. You know, you hear about like, oh, cross country move. Like we've only gone from the Gulf Coast to Alaska, back to lower Alabama, back to Alaska. And now we are heading to the East coast. So we, we only do like cross continental moves and there's a lot of stress that comes with that. And sometimes there's things that you just like have to laugh at. So how has having this sense of humor and finding the humor in the small details helped you cope with some of these stressful parts of military life? Yeah. If you don't laugh about it, what are you going to do? You just crawl into a corner with a but but you know, you get drunk in a corner, you know, and cry. There's so many things that if you don't make fun of it, then what the heck are you, what are you going to do with it? So there's a, um, a thing called masterclass and I really like masterclass. I like to learn. And on there, David Sedaris, the writer talks about how he feels bad for people that don't have a way to express themselves mm. creatively in that like writing or songs or humor, because it means that bad things happen to them and nothing good comes out of it. Something bad can happen to me. And then I can go use joke structure to write a joke about it that will make somebody laugh or make them very uncomfortable. But either way, <laughs> equally, that's on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> equally fun. <laughs> equally fun. That is so true. Now, I know that you joined the military spouse circle later in your husband's career, which I had the joy of being here from the very beginning, which came oh, day own. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trials. Like we, we, my husband went to a service academy and we met truly right before his graduation. Like I, I wasn't officially his girlfriend and I was like streaming his, you know, graduation <laughs> at work. I'm supposed to be charting on patients. And I was like, you know, streaming this guy's graduation, which came with its own difficulties of being a very young military family. We had kids right away. Oopsie didn't figure it out. They just kept showing up. So there was difficulty in that. But I imagine that there's difficulty coming into an established career and an established routine. And as I'm finding as we get farther along, an established moving tempo. So like what's been challenging about that? And how have you found humor in that dynamic? Yes, my husband is 20 years older than I am. So he has been in for 900 years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's got over 30 years that he's been in. And so obviously I wasn't around for the beginning because then, you know, he'd be in jail. It's true. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> I was very little, but there definitely are some, I mean, there's things that come from just dating somebody or being with somebody that's got such a big age difference. They are going to have all kinds of things that they're used to doing for themselves that they don't need somebody coming in and saying, no, I don't like that you have, like we had four, okay, you're not going to sympathize with this, but I didn't like that we had two washers and two dryers. <laughs> That's so odd. Why? Why were there two? Why? Well, he just liked stuff. He was a, a guy that had a kid 
and was just like, you know what? This will make my life easier. <laughs> and like, how you did know, you people hook up two of them? I'm so intrigued. Uh, we had, we had a thing. duplex. So there was like a whole thing. And uh, but stuff like that, where I was just like, we, and I'm very minimalist. I grew up around hoarders. I do not have time mm-hmm. in my emotional space for any extra stuff. My dream is an empty room with my Roombas, <laughs> of which there are too many. I hoard Roombas. And so like things like that. So you're walking into somebody who is well an adult and is perfectly capable of taking care of themselves. And then I just had no patience and told him what to do all the time and wore him down emotionally until (laughs) until he he had no other choice. We've moved, oh God, like six times or something like that. And in between those, we've never done any out of the country or any cross-continental moves, but we've done across the country. Mm-hmm. And those are stressful because you are, there's so many weird things. Like they'll ship a car, but they will only ship a car if you don't drive at all. If you you have to fly, <laughs> if they ship one car and you're like, well, I have two cars and I would prefer not to drive nine days alone, you know, half tired. Nope. Yeah. You can't do that. Then you got to drive both the cars. And then it's like, so this, this is always one of my issues. I want, I want to be us in the same car. We can take turns driving. I don't want to tow anything, Heather. I don't yeah, want to yeah. tow anything. I don't want um, to deal with it. We towed a camper. I have a very large SUV because I've got, you know, all these kids. I only have three, but sometimes it feels like all these kids and <laughs> <laughs> they're close in age. So sometimes I'm like, why do I have like 12 children? But we have this like 12 foot long SUV that's big enough to haul the people and then haul the things. And then we moved a 32 foot camper and we were like, Oh my God, five foot haul going down the road. And I tell my husband that I did help him tow it. I towed for 90 minutes in Canada. 90 that's minutes. good. We lived in the camper and were on the road for five weeks and it was 8,000 miles, but I took 90 minutes of it. Okay. You so. took 90 minutes and 90 minutes in Canada is like, like four I, I days got off in Pennsylvania and like went straight on their interstate, you know, on, on their freeway system. And then, and then like, and I also ran over a curb trying to leave the parking lot. So yes. then I, I didn't, of course you did. Cause it's we not reasonable, but it was <laughs> awful trying to tow something so big and it is very intimidating. So I'm with you. I don't want to tow anything. Okay. So once, one time he convinced me I would drive, I drove the one, I drove the truck and I towed the motorcycle, which was on an eight foot trailer. And I had the washing machine on there too, for God's <laughs> sakes, one of our 11 washing machines. Then he was in, we had an RV that we were having to live out of because housing wasn't ready. And then he was towing something else, another trailer. And we had to have rules. One of the rules was Ashley, never back up. You're not allowed to back up. And because oh, no, I couldn't, because no, you can't, you can't, because it just fishtails. He was driving. He has a 26 foot trailer that he was towing at the time, blew a tire on the way to Washington, D.C. and had to pull into the truck stop. He is so excited. He was so happy that tire blew. He was like, I get to hang out with the mechanics. We're going to put this new tire on. I was like, you are out of your mind. So I can't. So this this I'm just like, I've had it. I want to just be in the same car or truck, whatever. And then I don't know. But so that's always super stressful. The move I think we can all identify with. There was a move before, shortly before we got married, a couple months before we got married. My husband was moving from Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi to uh, Tyndall Air Force Base in Panama City. So, you know, three and a half hours. And we did it over a weekend. And I was in graduate school in Alabama. And I drove down, drove my car down, and he's going to do a ditty. This is our one and only ditty. One and only. <laughs> uh, we, we went like 100. Learned your lesson. Um, yep. And he, we got a, a moving 
truck and a trailer behind it. And we're going to tow my sedan. I had like a Dodge neon, you know, from, from high school, I drove it till the wheels fell off, you know? And so we, we have the sedan and I'm going to drive his Explorer, right? Cause he's got to drive the moving truck and someone's got to bring his vehicle. Right. So anyway, so we're, we're moving and we pull off, we need gas. And the GPS was taking us some kind of weird way through this back highway in Panhandle, Florida. It's 50 degree pouring down rain. It's very dark. It's like eight o'clock. We pull into, I kid you not, Bubba's bait, tackle, and gas. Bubba. We all know Bubba. (laughs) We're like, oh my gosh, where, like, where in deliverance are we? So we pull in. My husband, you know, boyfriend at the time pulls to this underpass, goes in, runs. He's got to go to the bathroom. So he like runs in and goes into the bathroom. He's in there, comes out, realizes he has wedged the moving truck under the overpass. He forgot he's in a moving truck and he wedged it under there. Oh no. And Bubba and everybody were just like, yeah, it's eight o'clock. We're shutting down. They shut off the lights and left. We are in the parking lot wedged under the thing in the pouring down rain. And they shut off all of the lights, including the parking lot lights. Like we're in the dark. We're like, um, we're still here. What are we supposed to do? So now he's backing up the moving truck with a trailer on it, which he has no experience doing. Mm Fishtails goes all kinds of ways, ends up at a 90 degree angle, the trailer uh-huh. and the moving truck. And now we can't go forward because we're wedged under the thing and we can't go backwards and it's pouring down rain. So we decide to take our shoes and socks off because having cold, wet feet and then putting dry shoes and socks on will be better than running around in the wet shoes and socks. So we're now running around this like deliverance parking lot in the dark, in the rain, in the bare feet. When he backed up, my car, we thought it had to be in neutral. No, you put your car in park and it's still so. When he backed up, my car went up over the top of the trailer and my car is now oh, no. off the front of the trailer over the hitch. Like I, this was, so it's our one and only Diddy. We did get un, unjammed. Um, we called for roadside assistance and nobody would come to the location we were in because we were too of far course. out in the boonies. So we'd never Diddy again. That was, yep. that was our, our I wouldn't either after that. My God, that is it's a so, nightmare. What a learning so experience. I mean, thankfully, you know, he still married me. So I guess that that one really stressful moving experience, he was like, well, all right. That was his fault. He should have held it. (laughs) Be in a bottle like the rest of us. I know. It was, yeah. So I hear you on like the the backing up and the moves and things go wrong. And you're like, how, this is so stressful. Now it's a funny story to tell. But at the time, it was not particularly fun to figure out how to get out of that situation. Oh yeah, totally. And it, it, like, I remember we were in Georgia, Warner Robins, Georgia, kind of middle of nowhere base. Yeah. The most exciting thing there is a red lobster. And, um, <laughs> those cheddar biscuits had, are legit. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. And our movers canceled and we had two days and we had to go. Uh, fortunately we were planning on doing it like a partially we're taking some of our stuff. So we had this 26 foot trailer, but we weren't intending to put everything we owned in it, which is yeah. why that tire blew. But I remember it was 90 some degrees, Georgia heat in the middle of this field, us trying to pack this trailer and I am bull in the China shop. I, I will throw it all in. I'll light it on fire. I do not care. And he's over there very kindly tetrising it. And over the years, we've kind of gotten better at this is your, this is what you do. And this is what I do. And we even implement it at like the commissary. We use the self-serve commissary thing. I scan it. He bags it because he knows if I bag it, you're going to get the eggs at the bottom and <laughs> something real heavy on top. Uh, laundry detergent on top or something. Get it all in there. So we have this teamwork thing, but I just remember it was so hot. You're just dehydrated and you're in a hot box as well in that trailer and just 
uh, try not to die, but also pack your stuff. We had abandoned things. There's probably still a 12 foot ladder in Warner Robins. What was it? it was a fa- like a fam camp or whatever. Where you keep your storage lot? Oh, the sto- RV storage lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's just stuff that gets left there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a part of every military base experience. That's actually my favorite time to like start checking the curb alerts is is when oh, yeah. PCS season is my favorite. You know, I kind of watch it throughout the year, but that like May to July, man, you get some good stuff because you get to that point where people are like, I don't even care. I'm not even charging for it. Come get this stuff. It doesn't go mm-hmm. with us. You can it's find some my gems. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I, totally. When we first moved here, I was driving by and somebody had checked out of their house. And so all their cleaning supplies were on the corner mm-hmm. and our household goods were not here. Part of the cross-continent moves is you spend months without your goods and without a forwarding address. Fun fact, the mail will only hold or forward your, your mail. They'll forward it, but they'll only hold it for 30 days. So that's, you know, we usually have to like forward to my mom and who, anyway, we were driving and my husband was at work. And I saw there was like a broom and something else and like a dish drying rack. And I was like a dish drying rack. Like I can clean that, and, you know, put my hand yeah. dishes in it. And I was like, I need a, a garage broom, which you understand, you know, that there's the broom for in the house and the broom for the garage. And I was like, oh, like I need a garage broom. And there was like a whole packet of like paper plates and they were, you know, in the bag sealed up. I was like, I can use some paper plates. So I grabbed these things, throw them in the back of the car, take them back. My husband comes home for lunch. My kids are like, mommy got some stuff from the trash. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. Like, yeah. shopping in so much trash. She told us not to tell you. I was like, really, guys? Like, it's, yeah, come on, kids, come on. I am constantly in dumpsters, especially on military bases. People are throwing stuff out all the time. The things that I have found that are new in box, that especially like the thrift shop dumpsters, you'll see me crawling in there all the time. I'm just like, because they'll go and they'll go to donate it, and the place might be closed, and they're like, this is not coming back with me. Note this to self, do happen. not be your secret Santa exchange. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and plus I do the garbage pickup, right? So I'll find weird things like that. The pa- Two days in a row this week, I have found unopened beer on base. Just, I'm like, this is not a good idea. Kids running around. One time I found a full pack of cigarettes and then I went, I went to one of my comedy shows and another comedian was there who smoked. And I was like, Hey, I brought these because I'm not going to use them. And I, um, he was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. And he was like, well, why aren't you going to use them? I said, well, I found them on the road. And he was like, Oh, (laughs) they're new buddy. Suck it up. Why? If you're going to smoke, why are you going to care about where they came from? Yeah, they're, they're still in the box. <laughs> they're fine. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, let's take a break real quick. We are going to hear from Navy Mutual, today's sponsor, and then we will be right back. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high-quality, low-cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Thanks again to Navy Mutual for sponsoring this podcast and allowing me to do fun things like talk to friends and talk to funny spouses and just have fun and then, you know, get to record it for this episode. So we are thankful for their sponsorship. All right, question for you. What is your favorite story that maybe was stressful? Obviously, you told us about the tire blowing, but what is like a story that at the time you were like, okay, this is going to be funny later, but this is not funny today right now. Like, what's your favorite one? Oh, my favorite one. Definitely, you know, that in the field thing. I just, I remember us (laughs) being there and just being like, why are we keeping this? (laughs) There's so many things as you go from like place to place. Oh, one time we were about to move in Georgia 
And Georgia is like, it's the Australia of America. Everything yeah. there wants to kill you with armadillos and spiders. They're huge. And I used to have nightmares. Snakes and, yeah. The snakes. Yeah. And I'm super interested in stuff like that. I don't want to touch any of it, but I love to go look at it. So I would find the places where the water moccasins were or where the the big, like the nasty venomous snakes were sunning themselves. And I'd go look at them because they're just like, they look like nothing else that you see. Like they're obviously not something you want to mess with. And the one day we were driving along and I said, hey, pull over. Let me, uh, we're on on base, pull over and uh, I want to go check this out. And I went to go check it out and it was a water moccasin. And that thing chased me. <laughs> I have been chased by a water moccasin in Little Rock They're Air fast. Force Base. <laughs> what did you do? Creatures. I jumped right back in the bed of the truck. <laughs> I, was like, I ah! was like nine with my friends. And it was one of those, uh, our neighborhood was like, okay, you guys can go play. You know, a couple of neighborhood kids and this is the nineties on a military base. Like go play, be, be home when the streetlights come on. Yep. Don't go by the base lake. There was a base lake that separated like our mm. neighborhood and it was like officer housing and enlisted housing. And then there was this trail and my, my very best friend lived on the end of the trail, right at the end of enlisted housing. And my mom would say like, don't go by the base lake. Don't go in in the tree line. There was like a little Creek, which really was probably like a sewer drainage, but she's like, don't go by the lake. Don't go to the other side of the base. <laughs> don't go to enlisted housing and don't go in the Creek, which is the first three places we went. So we were down by the lake and there, we had come upon like a water moccasin and it was chasing us. And we like, we were on our bikes, thankfully, but we got too close. And so we pedaled so fast, but we couldn't tell my mom and be like, oh my gosh, this really scary thing happened. Like, I'm really traumatized. Because, they are aggressive. Like, why were you down there? Like, yeah, we're not allowed to be down there. She probably knew when you had like 47 ticks on you. <laughs> like, stay out of the woods. Like, why? My pants. Like, yeah. oh, why? Why is there bee in your pants? Like, oh, why, why are you doing this? Yeah, they, yeah, I've been yeah. Chased. They're, that was definitely aggressive. Mm -hmm. So when you jumped back in the truck, did it eventually like go away? It did. It, my husband was driving. He fortunately is the voice of reason. He just stayed in the truck and he lets me go do stupid things and then saves me. So that's nice. Oh, uh, like <laughs> knight in shining armor, your knight in, you know, olive green. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, this one time we rented a boat from MWR, one of those little bass boats. In order to get it into the water, we had to slide it down a hillside, and a pretty big hillside. And he was like, okay, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to ride it down the hill and then we'll be in the water. And he's like, all right. And I did that. And it had a little motor on it. The, this was in Delaware. So you could ride that water takes you all the way out to the bay, the Chesapeake Bay. And it was tidal. And so, you know, the, it takes you out. The tide takes you out. And so I'm in the water, made it down the hill in the boat floating and I'm floating away and floating away and floating away. And and he was like, you need to you know, get the motor, turn it this way. And I was like, I don't I just said, how do you boat? How do you boat? <laughs> he said, why did you volunteer to do this? That if you don't know what you're doing, I said, we've been married for years. This is on you. So he had to come why swim out. Why did you out. say yes? <laughs> right. He swam out and uh, got the boat back. Uh, he had to climb back in with me. And, and, and I was just like, well, I would have been fine. You could have got me at the bay. He's still mad about that. <laughs> Yeah, you maybe, floating maybe away. it's not quite to the funny status yet, right? It's still stressful. Um, well, <laughs> it's for, for me. Those of us who go through all of these things, who have stressful circumstances with our spouses, I, you know, I think that anybody who's considering military marriage, you know, they do premarital counseling or they do all these things and they enroll you in deers. And then there's all this 
all these steps to do. I feel like they should put you through like a mock PCS and either like Georgia heat in August or like 50 degree rain. Like you should definitely embrace one of the stressful military situations before you, you know, kind of sign your name on that paper. But what tips do you have for us to find the humor and and just to be able to keep it lighthearted and realize like, yep, this is a part of it. and, And just to laugh about it. I think you have to realize that everything changes day to day. You know, you have, I'll get a bunch of good news and then the next day, you know, a bunch of bad news and you have to know that it all evens out. So you try to stay steady with that. The other part is to just don't take yourself so seriously. It all does work out, you know, in some way. And you don't, there's a saying that we have, who knows what's good and what's bad. So even though it might seem like it sucks later on down the road, that might've been the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. So I would say that just try to try to do that. Try to surround yourself with people that don't take themselves too seriously. If you do find yourself in a position where you have to be around somebody that has no sense of humor, but takes themselves too seriously, form a click with other people (laughs) where you can be like, can you believe what is happening over here? I've had that situation where you, you have like some commander's wife or something like that, that just is over the top, you know, and constantly telling you what, what you need to do or what, where you need to be. And you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, I'm going to do the opposite. Thanks. Um, I don't do a real good job of not being sarcastic, but just trying to, trying to find that, trying to find little things that make you happy. You know, there's a whole culture, like there's, there's like two different cultures. There's like the people that really embrace being a military spouse and there's the people that really make fun of you for embracing being a military spouse. Mm. I think that you can find ways to just have fun with it and make fun of the things that are hard, but also enjoy it. I love being a military spouse. I love getting to know all of these amazing people. I love getting to be a part of things that less than 1%, right, of people yeah. join the military. Okay, how many of those have spouses and how many have been in and have these unique experiences? I don't want like a cookie cutter life. If somebody wants to put proud Air Force wife on their license plate, I don't care. That's better than the people that are just crapping all over everything. You know, yeah. it's one thing to to have like this sense of like, you know, irony about it and to kind of make fun of the ideas. But it's a whole other when it turns into we're just ripping on women because we feel like we like the term dependa is yeah. frustrating because you'll see that pop up a lot. And you're like, that's just you're just using that because you don't like women. That's all that that is. That's, mm. I mean, there's, I feel bad for you if you have never met a military spouse that isn't amazing because they are everywhere. I had this like idea, you know, I grew up in the military, but both of my parents worked and I just had this idea of what being a stay-at-home mom was or being like a stay-at-home military spouse, what that was, right? Because I hadn't experienced it. And I give my husband a hard time quite frequently that, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom and work from home spouse for eight years, almost nine years now. And I tell him that I'm still waiting on like the couch bonbon situation because I was pretty sure that that was involved, like sitting on the couch, eating bonbons, having a really easy life. And, you know, I'm eight years into this and I'm still waiting for him to like come (laughs) feed me bonbons. Let's you go figure out what bonbons are and you bring them to me. (laughs) Yeah, I was told that this was involved in in that. But I was an involuntarily home spouse because of family circumstance and and life circumstance and where we were. And so I went kicking and screaming to being stay at home. But in that, I met the most educated, driven, dedicated men and women who I've met people who've worked with Congress and people who are trauma nurses and college professors and lawyers and 
veterans who were in the military themselves. And I've met these amazing men and women, and it has really checked my stereotype of what I thought it meant to be a military spouse, because um, they're actually kind of my favorite people. And I think that if we put military spouses in charge of more things, things would be more efficient. Like all of the vaccine stuff when we were all getting vaccinated, uh, you know, two years ago, I was like, this could be way more efficient. Like we need to put a military spouse in charge of this. (laughs) I can figure this out. That's so true. And it is like a sad thing that I'm working hard to try to like make it so that perception changes because there's so many people that are absolutely fantastic, you know, that, and when you, like you said, a lot of them are veterans. Yeah. A lot of them were veterans. So when you call that person a dependa, because they, they stayed home, they got out of the military because being dual military is made so difficult if you try to have kids. Uh, So guess who stopped? The woman quit. So she became, she got out and now she's saying that she's a military spouse, where she's a military spouse and she's a veteran. So maybe suck it. Yeah. random guy on the internet. <laughs> um, but it's hard. You know, you got to kind of, you, uh, you said once, like, you know, someone's like, screw the troops. And you're like, that's my that's, job. I thought that was job. the most hysteric. Like I'm a military spouse. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's those kinds of things where you're just trying to find, uh, find the humor in it because there's trying to break down those stereotypes. And I think we're getting somewhere with it because I definitely get more you know, and I get this in comedy too. People will leave me if they see that a, a video has, for example, right now I've got one on TikTok that's got four and a half million views, a ton of people saying that they, this is hilarious. This is so funny. And then you'll get these comments. Oh, another day of searching for whether a woman is funny or not. And you're just like, oh my, my God, like you are like, I just do better. Like try to find something, like say something funny. Yeah. Don't just like, <laughs> this. what you just said was so stupid and boring. I don't care if you're insulting me. I care that you're interesting. Yeah. Make it interesting for me. Don't be lazy about your insults, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Well, speaking of TikTok, if anybody who is listening to our podcast today is not already following you on socials or has not come across your name and all of your work before, where can they find you? I am everywhere, anywhere that's their social media. I seem to be the narcissist that puts myself out there. I am on uh, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, all of those places. I'm at Ash Gutermuth. Uh, also, my website has all the links, ashleygutermuth.com. If you type in a uh, weird uh, military spouse comedian with short hair, you'll you'll find me too. <laughs> I love it that. <laughs> it's true. You are everywhere. And I love it because I see it on all the different things. And so it comes across my you know, frame of reference quite often. And it reminds me to keep things lighthearted. And I love seeing it everywhere. And I love that you have gained so much popularity, not just within our community of military spouses, but civilians who are, you know, maybe military supporters or military sympathizers and say, hey, that's really funny. Or, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Or, oh, I used to be in the military and that's really true. So I I love what you're doing. I love the message that you're spreading, that you're encouraging, that you're keeping it lighthearted and just helping bring a sense of humanity into this life that can feel really difficult sometimes. So thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you for talking with me and thank you for everything you do for our community. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you and I hope to see you again soon. Yes, thank you. Everyone listening, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends. We appreciate the feedback and comments that you share with us as we support our military community. Thank you all so much for being a part of the Mill Housing Nation. We appreciate you. The Mill Housing Nation is where you will always have a community no matter where you are stationed.